Hello, my podcast listeners. Welcome to episode two from Clutter to Clarity. How can we make this change? In a world which is so much noise and distraction, clutter is almost like the unseen pesky gremlin that can pervade our lives in so many ways that it can be difficult to recognize until we are choking with the lack of clarity. So how can we manage our lives before we get to the point of feeling like we need a major spring clean? Let me start with one of my stories as always. I was in my early 20s and I had a really busy period in life and my room, which is normally very well organized, was a bit of a tip. And it was increasingly becoming a tip and I just did not know where to begin. And when my dad came to visit one day, he looked around and looked at me and said, this is a little out of character, what's going on? And I said to him, you know, I didn't do it I didn't clean up one day, I didn't clean up two days, and now I don't even know where to start. My father is a man of few words, but the words he says are well worth listening to. He looked at me and he said, well, if you want my advice, start in one corner, and as you keep clearing a foot at a time, you'll get your groove back to have the room in the beautiful way you usually maintain it. Thanks, Dad. That was what I needed to hear. And I started doing precisely that. As I cleared with a bin liner in hand and tidied up everything that I had, soon a momentum began. And that momentum increased and increased. And I felt so much better. Now, I know that there are some people in the world whose creativity and genius comes from that crazy mad environment. So I'm, if that is what works for you, I do not wish to change you. I think everybody has their secret sauce in what helps them do the best work and what they're here to do for humanity. But if you are like many people who feel, who feel a sense of calm and beauty and inspiration, when they are in an environment that is aesthetically pleasing to the eye and has a sense of space with room to breathe, allowing new ideas to come in, then the words that I'm going to share may be valuable to you. I started to realize that clutter in my outside world really was a manifestation of clutter in my inside world. When we have multiple thoughts, multiple pressures on our time, multiple pulls to different roles, for example, we may be we may be a daughter, we may be a professional, we may be a mother, we may be um, we may be a granddaughter, we may have com- commitments in our community. Each one of these roles comes with certain demands on our time and certain things that we do for people. And 
when we have to meet all of these needs, it's very easy to find that our headspace gets squeezed. And when this headspace starts to shrink, what I found is the ability to keep a clear mind to take in the spectrum of what is happening in life and the world becomes more difficult. Hence, clutter almost needed a gentle, regular decluttering process. And I found it helpful to think of it as mental clutter, physical clutter, and spiritual clutter, and emotional clutter. Taking a four-pronged approach or a four-model, sort of four four walls of a house, just like in the Maori model of health, allows us to build routines that will support the upkeep and clarity of each one of these elements. And for me, it started with the emotional, spiritual, and the mental, the clutter that is unseen. By building in a routine which has a daily morning practice, a daily evening practice, techniques that during the day I could just create that tiny bit of space made a huge difference. I'm going to encourage you to do a little experiment. Take a small cup of water, fill it all the way to the top, and try and walk around your room quickly. I promise you, you will spill some of that water. Now tip that water into a much bigger glass and walk around quickly, and you'll find that you don't spill anything, and the water happily sits within the glass. Creating space with regular routines such as meditation, breath work, mindfulness, it may be tending to the garden, it may be playing with the pet, something that helps the mind switch off really makes a big difference. Something that allows the heart space to feel and process everything that it's going through. Creating the space to cultivate emotions such as gratitude for what we have in life and love for the people and blessings we have. This creates a very beautiful enrichment between the mind and the mental clutter that's being dealt with and the emotional clutter that's being dealt with. And when these two synchronize, I find the spiritual dimension opens up in a very beautiful way. And having a sense of Connecting with something bigger than us, than us is very powerful. I am a many rivers, one ocean philosophy, so I respect all um, world religions. I respect people who don't believe in religion. Um, I believe I respect people who are spiritual. I feel there's something that is so vast and magnificent about nature, and how it interconnects us, that giving myself time to once again step into that bigger vortex, that bigger vastness, that bigger stillness, just like that analogy 
of the water in the small glass and the water in the bigger glass helps me now to have a decluttering and clarity in a spiritual dimension. Once I look after all these three aspects, handling the physical dimension becomes a lot easier because I come to it from a place that has both a fullness in terms of contentment, peace, and harmony, but also a space that allows me to engage with what is in the physical space around me. Over the years, my taste has changed. I used to be the teenager who had a wall full of posters. But now I really value having both beautiful imagery on the walls, but also space on the walls. I use mirrors to reflect in the environment. I lean into decor that brings in the beauty of nature, things that are made from seashells, things that are made from um, natural fiber, natural uh, fabrics. And I look for artists who tell a story with their work and I bring this in a way to enrich my life. And a part of that, I, I call it a Gaia day. So like many people in the world, I don't exactly consider vacuuming and wiping down the surfaces um, the most glamorous thing that I do. And But nevertheless, when I engage in keeping my desks, my work surfaces, my coffee table, my living room table, my kitchen um, in a beautiful, clean, simple, tasteful, loving style, I find it opens up something very special and the clutter diminishes and the clarity opens up. Now, maybe you do do your own cleaning. Maybe you don't do your, maybe you have someone to help you. It doesn't matter how this interplays in your life, but having a routine that allows you to make sure that things are done in a way that it doesn't pile up really helps again with bringing clarity. And what I found to be most helpful in embracing these cyclical patterns that nurture the space which I consider very sacred to me and to those I love is not to think of it as the house chose or the things that I really rather not be doing but to think of it as honoring the earth for the home it gives me. It gives me a chance to live on our beautiful planet and this is my way of playing my part in maintaining the environment. As the years have gone by, I increasingly try to make eco-friendly choices. And I do so within my budget and my, my ability to do so. And I find that when I spend a few extra minutes slowing down, 
and enjoying my space in this way, something magical happens. I can respond to anything that comes in the day with a level of focus, ease and clarity that enriches the experience. It also allows others to enjoy their time with me a lot more. So what questions can you ask with others around this topic of clutter to clarity? Explore with your friends what is it that you truly need and what is it that allows you to create those gentle cycles that maintain the clearing process of your emotions, your thoughts, your spirituality, and your physical world. Notice how different people will lean into different things. That's why when we do research in the areas of mindfulness, we need to take into account people's different tastes. Because no two people will be exactly the same. It's like choosing your favorite music. What uplifts one person may not uplift another. Explore, explore at a deeper level how the things that you are getting rid of could be useful to another person. So that we reduce the amount of congestion in the environment. And also explore what clarity really means. Ask people, what does clarity mean to you? And how do you think we could get there as a society? This brings me to the end of episode two. And I hope you enjoyed this. If you would like help with creating routines and practices that can help with clarity, do take a look at my website. The link is in the description of the podcast. It's droposhi.com and there are tons of free resources for you to explore with your friends, family, loved ones, and most importantly, those who do not agree with you. <laughs>